What is up everybody? Welcome to Hatchicast episode 50. My name is HBot. I am joined by my good friends Brett Roberts and Josh Tall. HBot, you have literally never, ever, ever, ever done the intro before. No. Why are you doing it now and interrupting me? Hello, boys. All right, well, whatever. Anyway, what's up, Brett? How are you? How are you, HBot? I'm good. I just, uh, that was kind of disrespectful of HBot to do that to you, but. Yeah, uh, it was. And, you know, HBot, if you could not do that you again. You know, you really do not let me speak on stream. I would very much like to join you. Well, that's fine, but, you know, it's kind of Brett and I's show, so, you know, I really don't think either of us need you to join us all the time. But, so anyway, Brett. That is fine. Just do not be surprised when the audio cuts me. out again while you are recording an episode of Unclaimed Baggage. That would be tragic. I don't really think I appreciate your threats, HBot, so why don't you just go ahead and cut that out, alright? <clears throat> Thanks. Not a fan of that. Yeah. Give me a fucking break. Alright, you need to watch your language. That's enough. That's enough of that. Don't make me turn you off, I'll do it right now. Okay? I am very sorry. That's what I thought. Alright. Anyway, what's up, Brett? How are you? What's up, Josh? How you doing? I'm doing alright. I'm living. You know? I hear you, man. It's, uh... You know, it's a crazy world out there, and we're just living in it. <laughs> That's right. So this is kind of a special episode, though. No? Episode yeah. 50? Yeah, it's a big one. And, and honestly, it, it didn't seem like there was a lot of news, but there's been quite a lot of news today and this week. So Yeah, today is a big, big day, big week. Uh, we have uh, a lot to talk about. So let's just start with some housekeeping stuff here. Uh, first of all, new merch. We have merch. As everybody should know, at this point, I'm wearing... Haptic Intel shirt, but we have some uh, exclusive new... Oh, there's there's another one. We have this snapback here. And... Um, uh, we, we launched a, a new yes. design, an exclusive design. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I uh, I whipped up an exclusive design for October. Uh, well, one of the designs, so there's two colorways. One's going to be exclusive to October, and the other one's going to be on our store forever. Uh, it's inspired by our series Unclaimed Baggage, which is uh, on our channel. If you haven't seen it, go to youtube.com slash intel. Check those out. But uh, it was inspired by a clothing company called Rucking Fotten. Uh, so we called the, the line uh, Hucking H Faptic. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Hucking <laughs> Faptic. What do you think about this look right here? You look like that episode of Key and Peele where they keep trying <laughs> yeah. to impress each other with the hat. Yeah. And he, the one guy has literally like the woman making the hat on his head. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, so check out the merch. Uh, links in the description. Streamlabs.com slash Habitical slash merch. Uh, you think I could say that any faster? I doubt it. Um, and then also, obviously, I'm wearing, it's not our merch, but I'm wearing our good friend's merch over at uh, Save Before Quitting. So. Yeah. You know, go ahead and check their store out after you check ours out. Yeah, if you're a nerdy gamer person, you will uh, go and check out their merch. You will go and you check will. out everybody's merch. That's All right, right. so uh, what else do I have here? Oh, yeah, we have a new long-form video in the works, Brett. Yeah, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. I don't want to give too much away, but you kind of teased it on Twitter a little bit, so... I did. So if you're interested or curious about what that is, go look at it on my Twitter. And I believe uh, HBot retweeted it for us. I don't fully remember, but I think so. Um, okay. Little topic rundown for you, Brett. we got some abysmal stuff on the Abysmal Chronicles. Our main topics for this week. Rumors that Kojima Productions is indeed making a Silent Hills game. Rumor that they are the prominent, quote-unquote, Japanese uh, developer. That's right. Um, second main topic is going to be Blue Point uh, was acquired by Sony, and that they could be remaking Bloodborne or remastering Bloodborne. Um, and then we are going to have a final or a main topic this week that we don't typically have, but just a conversation uh, for those of you that are in the horror realm and know about the Clubhouse Horror Anthology script competition. Brett and I submitted our scripts to that and we have a follow-up on that and then indie intel this week as promised last week we are going to be talking about neko ghost jump that's right josh i want to give a shout out to the ghetto stego in yes. our chat so like the uh, ghetto said, stegosaurus i'm assuming yeah 
That's correct. They said, holy smokes, I love these two. I don't know if they're referring to us or something in our uh, in our video, but you know, we appreciate you yeah. coming and checking us out. They also said... Hopefully us. Yeah. They also said, WTF, ain't no way they remastering Bloodborne. Just wait. Stick around. Uh, it's going to be one of our main topics for today. Yeah. So we'll you don't want to miss that. that. For sure. Um, and before, I guess, uh, we get into the Abysmal Chronicles here... Uh, unless I'm forgetting anything. I do just want to, I think, shout out uh, the Gamer Network, uh, something that we both joined, Haptic Intel joined, um, something that kind of popped off a little bit yesterday with the Facebook uh, and Instagram whole debacle and that being down, the outage. Um, uh, so follow us over on there, uh, same as all of our other handles, Brett Rob on the Gamer Network, Josh yep. HPTC on the Gamer Network, and then, of course, Haptic Intel over on the Gamer Network, GamerNetwork.gg, app launching in December. I feel like I'm a spokesperson for them right now. <laughs> well, you know, it, every community thrives on user users, you know, flocking to the to the platform and using it. So we're just trying to get as many people there as possible. It's pretty much Facebook if you're a gamer, and uh, you know, we've had a lot of fun on there so far. A lot of cool people, really friendly community so far, and that kind of is how all communities start off is like really friendly and nice and then the more people come you know you get the bad eggs that ruin right. it for everybody but i'm hoping this kind of stays the way it's going and it's just a lot of a lot of cool people oh i wanted to so uh, the ghetto stego in the chat says hey i'm as i can't pronounce it i'm sorry but i followed this human or added them as a friend uh on the gamer network yesterday and they have music that they do if i'm not mistaken uh followed each other on twitter as well checked out some of your music i wanted to reach out and dm you about asking to use some of your music on our podcast and our stream because it's right in the vein of you know what we use if you heard at the beginning so uh dm us about that and they also said that yes. they're the one that will ruin uh that kind of a network for everybody so uh, hell yeah <laughs> Okay. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and hop into the Abysmal Chronicles here, Brett. What are the Abysmal Chronicles? And give me it. Yeah, so if you're new here and you haven't checked out the podcast before, essentially what the Abysmal Chronicles is, Josh, it's just a bunch of stories that were just a little too abysmal to make it on to our main topics for the podcast. We're going to briefly go over them. So starting off top of the show, we have some upcoming games Yep. for this little week that we have. This little so week. We got, it's a little week, folks. Yeah, just a little week. Uh, Far Cry 6 is going to be launching on October 7th, which is just right. two days away. Right. Uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl was delayed. It was supposed to come out today initially. Now it'll be coming out on October 8th. Right. Uh, Back for Blood, or, or I'm sorry, Battlefield 2042's beta will be launching on October 8th. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it actually starts tomorrow if you pre-order the game. Correct. Yes. Yep. If so you pay for a game to test it out before it's out, <clears> right. Correct. And I did pre-order it on Amazon, which I highly recommend everyone whenever you oh want my to God, participate right. yeah. in a closed beta. Just pre-order the game on Amazon and then cancel it if it's not something you're interested in. Canceled. Uh, and then Back for Blood, which I, I said earlier, will be launching on October 12th on Game Pass for uh, Xbox yeah. and PC. So Yep. And everywhere else, but it'll be free. Well, not free on Game Pass. You can access it on Game Pass if you have a subscription. That's correct. I want to get better about that because Game Pass ain't free, folks. That's right. Well, let's move on from the upcoming games. We're going to go back to Battlefield 2042. Uh, here's a little story from Game Rant. EA confirms free next-gen upgrades for Battlefield 2042. Right. Uh, however, it's only for the digital versions of the game. Right. So I'll be set. <clears throat> yeah, not me. But I'm, I'm going to get the PS5 version anyway, so it's really not a big deal. Gotcha. Kind of started off as like a very not EA thing, and then it turned into, oh, yeah, this is a very very much an EA move to make it only free for people that bought the digital version. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? They suck, so yeah. what else is there to say about that? Not much, uh, but there is a lot to say about the next topic, something that I know a lot of people are excited about. I'm certainly excited about it, and it is today the final character DLC for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate came out. It was announced. And it is Sora from Kingdom Hearts. That's right. I'll tell you what, man. I was watching it at work, sitting at my desk, smiling, like almost crying. Like, not mm -hmm. like sobbing, but like a tear. It was like the music and like the visuals. And it was yeah, just... 
I so I I mean I'm not a huge Kingdom Hearts fan. Um, uh, it's pretty well known at this point. Um, I haven't really played any of the games. I do like Smash, uh, playing it with our friends and stuff like that. But I will say the trailer. I got goosebumps from the trailer, even though I don't have much connection to it. Just the way it was presented and how it did, and I imagined all the big Kingdom Hearts fans out there and how they felt. And it was just, it was a cool moment. It's been rumored for a while. People were called crazy and hurtful things for thinking that Sora was going to be in Smash. But you know what? Here we are. Interesting thing, though, before we move on to the next part here, is I think there might be some licensing issues where it's like it's just Sora because there is no other uh, Disney uh, iconography, uh, including in the stage, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that's correct, Josh. There's no Donald, no Goofy, no Mickey, uh, no any any of the characters from the video games, right. the Disney worlds. However, there is one use of a Disney imagery in the, oh, really? in the character, and it's the Keyblade has the Mickey Mouse keychain. Ah, you're right. I did remember seeing that. So I don't know how they got away with that, but yeah, uh, they kind of strayed away from the Disney stuff. I'm assuming Disney said no or wanted way too much money. Right. So Yeah, probably the latter there. And we know Square is like super cool with you know sora sakurai uh Mm. sora studios and they were like yeah you can use sora for sure right yeah so so that's that i mean listen i know a lot of people are very excited for it i know a lot of people were disappointed uh in this really as sakurai said sora was the most requested character in the smash ballot for smash 4 they just couldn't reveal the results because they didn't want people to go hunt down the developers and beg them to put the characters in smash right so i mean so yeah, it's, it, you know, he gave us what we wanted. That's all I can say. Uh, we got an update, Josh. Last week, we did a indie Intel topic about Burgos games and how they Correct. were being, being uh, bullied by uh, Little Star, uh, Angel Star. I don't Angel Star Studios. Yeah. Angel Star Studios. Yeah. Uh, so we have a, a little update on that. Do you want to just briefly explain what happened here? Sure. So last week, uh, Burgos... Uh, Victor Burgos from Burgos Games uh, posted this story on Twitter about uh, him basically getting harassed by the uh, head of Angel Star Studios, which is an indie publishing house. Um, they publish indie games um, and just some really like vile, hurtful, like not good stuff. We covered it. Uh, he reached out to us actually personally uh, and said that um, maybe this was two days ago at this point that itch.io yeah. got a hold of the story, which itch.io is a huge, you know, website and community of indie developers um and they actually blocked him on twitter uh assuming that the person that runs angel star studios reached out and then uh update as of today again we were dming back and forth with victor that the uh, itch.io unblocked him after getting a hold of the story and they read it uh, and he's been in direct contact with them so there is that update yeah for that yeah, I mean, if you if you didn't hear the full story, basically, it's just a situation where this person was harassing this game publisher, I'm sorry, was harassing a game developer, an indie game developer, um, racist, hurtful, sexist, uh, homophobic comments were said, uh, just really messed up stuff. And impersonation, he was the guy was impersonating uh, Victor Burgos. And, you know, right here on this channel, we're all about hashtag victory for Victor. So that's right. Supporting him and telling his story and getting his word out there. Do not support little angel uh, star. Games. Little angel star. Whatever the fuck. Don't support called. him, folks. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on to the next topic. Oh, we're going to get to Burgos games later on, right? That's not yeah. the last we're going to talk yeah. about. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about Burgos games and their upcoming game, Neko Ghost Jump, in a more positive kind of aspect as this week's edition of Indie Intel. Good. The Ghetto Stego in chat says, incredibly unfortunate that we have people who still do such things. Yeah, it's it's just silly. It's ridiculous. Um, moving on to something else that's uh, slightly ridiculous. Far Cry 6 will have a cockfighting minigame. <laughs> this story comes from Game Rant. Uh, it's official. There is a cockfighting minigame in Far Cry 6 where players not only collect roosters to fight, but actually you will play as them. Well, there you have it. That's a very uh, Yakuza type mini game. So I'm very happy to see that we're embracing the weirdness in the West here. Uh, Google will give you a free Google Stadia hardware kit if you buy any game. Uh, this is coming from The Verge. So Google is giving away a free Stadia Premier Edition kit if you purchase a regular Stadia game. 
This hardware bundle includes a Chromecast Ultra and Stadia controller, and you'll need to buy a full price game, which is $59.99 or above, to qualify for the offer. I believe they were doing this when Cyberpunk launched as well. If you want to know what our opinion about Google Stadia is, and also the fact that we were correct about our predictions about Google Stadia, just check out the video on our videos on our channel about it. Yeah, we've talked about Stadia quite a bit. Um, and the writing's on the wall. They're literally giving the hardware away for free to get people to sign up for the service. So, uh, The next story, PS3 and PlayStation Vita stores will be dropping PayPal and credit card payments. This comes from Destructoid. Um, there's really not much to this story except the headline, and it's abysmal. Uh, you know, we're big fans of the PlayStation Vita, and Sony has just fumbled that console, that handheld console, its whole life. And now, seemingly doing it again. Now, now people aren't even going to be able to buy games. The store was supposed to be shut down, Josh, if you remember that story. I do remember that, ago. yeah. Um, so they're not dropping the store, but they're just taking away all functionality, pretty much. Yeah, so they're effectively doing the same thing. Yeah, but... you'll still be able to add currency on the PS4 and PS5 in the web browser, and then use that currency on your PlayStation account on the store on the Vita and PS3 but you will not be able to make payments on those consoles. So, Just remember, Brett, the Vita and now the PS3 are legacy consoles. Hey, PS4 is next. Uh, so this one was interesting, Josh. Um, Tokyo Game Show had a showcase this past weekend that I didn't even know happened, by the way. It totally slipped my mind. I had no yeah. idea. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, the first soldier was shown off. I don't know what the fuck that is. I thought that this was this was like a DLC for Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I click on it, on this headline. My man, it's a free-to-play battle royale in the Final Fantasy VII universe. How long has this been in development? I have no idea. But there's a trailer at uh, GameSpot. And, uh, no, not GameSpot. Uh, Destructoid put the trailer up. It's on YouTube. I can't believe it. It's like it's a legit battle royale, like a third person battle royale. Uh, there's like magic and like guns and like swords and you play as different classes. I can't believe it's a thing. It looks fake. And that's all we get from Josh. Uh, so the last thing I have here on the abysmal. Chronicles, wait, hang on a second. Wait, wait, wait. What? That cannot be good news then. What? Because how did how are they not advertising this? How do we not know about it? I don't know, but it's still coming this year. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Ghetto Stego <laughs> says, "I hope there are gun blades. I hope that the game just doesn't come out." <laughs> um, <laughs> Josh, uh, the last story here in the Abysmal Chronicles is about Alan Wake Two. Uh, why don't you take this one? Yeah. Oh my God! You know what I forgot to do at the beginning? We forgot what? to talk about the games we're playing. We'll have to do that after this. Okay. I can't believe I, I forgot that. You jumped right in. I just went with you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so Alan Wake 2. Um, uh, in the game, in Alan Wake Remastered, there are QR codes that people are finding in each chapter of the game, hidden in certain areas. And the QR codes are linking to things that I don't really want to go over too much because spoilers and brett hasn't played the game yet are they related to control because i did hear that they added stuff for control uh yes and no separate this is okay. more so direct references to alan wake 2 i didn't i don't really want to go into too, into too much about this until you beat the game um because i think it's interesting places where it, where these little things have been put so i'll hold off on talking about it more other than i just think it's interesting okay fair and i and hope alan it exists yeah, Alan Wake Remastered actually dropped today. Uh, my copy from Best Buy has not arrived at my house yet. Really? So, yeah, I don't think I'm getting it today. But uh, I'm going to bang it out. I've really wanted to play that game for a long time. So Yeah. Well, why don't we transition right into then talking about media consumption update, which you normally do earlier, but I forgot and skipped ahead. Um, I started Alan Wake. I played it for about 15 minutes. Really? Before I started falling asleep last night. And that's not because the game is bad. It's one of my favorite games of all time. But it's because I was traveling a lot yesterday and I was very tired. Um, so I played it very late at night. And that was a bad idea because I fell asleep shortly into it. So I haven't played more than that. Um, but I'm excited to play more of it. 
What else? Good. I'm watching What We Do in the Shadows, which is slick and funny, and I love it. Great show. Uh, I finished Squid Game. Nice. Which was awesome. Did you also finish Squid Game? No, I'm close. Very close. close. Okay. Um, I watched the movie No One Gets Out Alive, which has a really cool creature in it. Uh, pegged as the spiritual successor to Ritual, yeah. um, which if you haven't watched Ritual uh, like you, Brett, uh, you have to watch it if you're a horror fan. Uh, I just I hate to be that person, but like you have to watch it. It's so good. Uh, and the creature design is ridiculous. And the creature design in uh, No One Gets Out Alive is also equally freaking terrifying and beautiful at the same time. Um, and then we saw Venom. Let there be carnage. And it was slick, and I loved it. And if you don't like that movie, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, listen, there's people that go and they see this movie and they're like, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. How do people like it? If you go into Venom thinking it's going to be anything but what we saw in the first Venom, I don't know what to tell you. Why would you want anything else besides that? You have to know. You have to know that every it's an inside joke, and if you don't like it, then you're not in on it. Yeah, it's just a big, cheesy, funny, uh, hilarious joke, and I loved it. And the post credit scene, which if, if you're a big Marvel fan, you got to see this movie. Uh, you got to watch this post credit scene because it's big. Big, big. All right, what are you playing and watching, Brett? So, yeah, Venom, just like you. Um I watched Midnight Mass. I finished that on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Great show. As we talked about in our last podcast, Mike Flanagan is a brilliant writer, director of horror. Uh, I loved it. Uh, Squid Game, I am almost done, and I'm really loving that as well. Uh, it's really unique and really cool. However, it's like fucking going crazy right now. It's like one of the most, most big things on yeah. Netflix. It's going to be like the most watched thing on Netflix ever. Like it's breaking records. Um, I don't know if it's that good. I think that I've seen a lot of other Korean shows on Netflix that are even better than this and Japanese shows for that matter. Um, and I think that the only good thing that comes out of this is number one, people get to, you know, interact with a medium from another country, which isn't very common in America. And people will, you know, watch that and then go on and watch Alice in Borderland. Yes. Uh, watch you know. that. Watch Sweet that. Home, stuff like that. Watch that. So, um, and it's actually crazy because I've been Kingdom. Yes, I've been seeing people on my Instagram, like friends of mine, watching those shows now, and I'm like, it's that fucking Squid Game, that fucking Squid Game. Hey man, whatever the the gateway is into that for people, uh, I mean, more power to it because uh, I think, well, first of all, it's not new. Like Korean horror and cinema and TV shows have been, I mean great forever <laughs> like uh it's just uh, they have a way of making things that are visceral and real and toe the line between ridiculous and over the top but also like they always focus on actual character development it's not like just throwaway stuff and i think with parasite from last year or two mm. years ago uh was maybe what kind of really put korean cinema and horror because i think parasite can be classified as horror um yeah. and certain elements on the map and you know the more uh, gateways that bring people kind of into that realm the better because there are some fantastic stories being told uh, and coming out of that country absolutely and i think netflix is doing a good job by dubbing all of their content because subs aren't accessible to a lot of people and don't get me wrong i've heard the squid game dub is pretty awful and does a really poor job of, of mm -hmm. telling you the full story but it's it's good because even people like my fiance we'll watch a show like that together. And at first she was like, no, we're watching the dub. But mm -hmm. then she was like, why don't we just watch subs? And that's what we're doing with squid game. We're watching it subs yeah. only. Um, so people Good. grow and you know, they'll, they'll appreciate the, the original language and watching yeah. with subtitles. I, I think and it's anime always, though. Dub. I think it's always better usually to watch in its original language. We won't we won't argue about the anime thing though because we're both on the same side of it. But I'd rather not call ourselves out because uh, yeah, we might lose some points there. Yeah, I hear you there. Um, yeah, and then I've been playing Apex Legends. We've been playing that since day one. If you're a new viewer, uh, that's pretty much on our list of uh, you know what we're playing every single week. So uh, not love, much going on in terms there. of games. Yeah, love, love hate, hate relationship there. I am excited though, Josh. I just want to point this point out a couple things. I'm excited to play Alan Wake, which I mentioned is coming very soon to my house. 
uh the battlefield 2042 beta i did pre-order yeah. just so i can play that and stranger of paradise final fantasy origin uh the demo for that because it looks ridiculous and cheesy and campy and abysmal and i'm all for it there you have it so with that being said josh um i think hbot has something that she would like to say was she I don't know. She's not saying anything. Kill me. Oh, yeah. No, she said kill me. Yeah, I got it. Give me a fucking All right, break. So do you want to roll the intro? Uh, I don't know. Do you want me to? All right, Brett, let's hop into our main topics today, shall we? Yeah, I want to shout out real quick. Kevin Hall's in the chat. K. Hall, what's up, man? He said, I should switch to the sub in Squid Game. Uh, the voice acting really took me out of it. Yeah, I heard that they completely butchered the script and the dialogue doesn't include lines that are very important to the story. Really? Like wow. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend switching over to the sub there. Oh, yeah. But yeah, let's jump in to our uh, main topics here, Josh. Uh, do you want to take this one or should I? Uh, I'll start it and then you can hop in. Yeah. So Kojima Productions is reportedly working on the next Silent Hill game. Called right. it. Called it. Okay. Well, hang on. Don't get ahead of yourself there. Do your research. So, <laughs> so months ago at this point... There was all a bunch of rumors about the next Silent Hill game, and then, you know, there was, like, these leaks that a quote-unquote prominent Japanese developer was working on the next Silent Hill game, and that, you know, Bloober Team could be one of these other developers working on another Silent Hill game, that there was multiple Silent Hill games in the fucking works, and there was just, months ago, we, we remember all those rumors and stuff. Yep. So, now, it's being reported um that hideo kojima is supposedly working on the next silent hill game one of the rumored new silent hill games from konami is reportedly in development by kojima productions that was redundant i just i shouldn't have said that way that was redundant um anyway so last week a report stated uh and this is coming from games radar uh Report stated that multiple, quote-unquote, multiple Silent Hill games were in development, and they were going to be revealed next year, and they're part of Konami's attempt to reestablish itself as a premium game developer. We've okay, talked... pause. Go ahead. I was going to say something about that, but go ahead. You sound like you were going to continue. Go ahead. No, I was just... I think that Konami really does need to reestablish itself as a yes. premium game developer because they've done a piss-poor job in the past with all of their IPs mm -hmm. simply making pachinko machines, which are like, you know, uh, slot machines in Japan. Uh, they're not making new versions of their games. They're putting out really bad uh, ports of their games. So they really need to step up and they need yeah. to reestablish themselves. No, that's all I was going to say. I forgot what I was going to say. And that, that was it. But basically they have so many awesome IPs. I mean, I know they're Konami, but they're fucking Konami. Like they have so many IPs that they could, make bank on if they just find people to develop them correctly um so hopefully this is a uh, you know a, a nod at that um and then uh, this comes from vgc now konami might be working on reviving some of its big franchises that they report um ramping up development on new projects within the metal gear castlevania silent hill series including a metal gear solid 3 remake those are the big three franchises right there that they own yeah and metal gear solid 3 is arguably the fan favorite of all of the metal gear games so yeah so anyway uh according to games right that's the wrong thing according to games radar gamatsu has established some legitimacy um with these leaks in recent years but its report has been disputed about uh 
Kojima Productions doing the Silent Hill game. Yep. I should say, sorry, that Gamatsu was the one where this report came from, and then Games Radar is reporting on that report. Yeah. So apologies. That's and now we're reporting on. And now report. we're reporting on that. Man, what a world we live in, huh? Just we're making content based off of content based based off of other content based off of actual created content. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> so. Uh, continuing here, Xbox era's Nick Baker stated that Kojima Productions isn't... Sorry, this is a counterpoint. Do you have anything else to add? Let's speculate a little bit. Yeah, let's speculate. So this was a rumor that's been around for months, even probably a year at this point. Mm -hmm. Ever since Kojima's Silent Hills game was canceled uh, after his strained relationship with Konami, you know, this has been something that a lot of people have talked about. Who's going to make the next Silent Hill game? And then it came out that Sony might have been this, you know, hero stepping in and bridging that gap between Kojima and Konami again. Yeah. Publishing Silent Hills for Konami. And that, what you just said, I think is what makes me believe the most that this could happen, right? There was yeah. also, I don't think we wrote it down here in our notes, but there was also the rumor that Kojima might be acting as a consultant to Konami for another metal gear game that might be in development whereas yes. he won't be developing it but he'll be consulting because he's the creator of it right yeah. so i think that could be a best case scenario right where that the fallout between kojima and and konami was monumental uh, i mean uh more so for konami than kojima i think uh because of what they lost but like that was very well publicized right so if yeah. sony could act as an intermediary between them and be like hey you need to set aside your differences we can make a lot of money here we can make some great content you know let's set aside these differences we'll act as an intermediary you won't have to deal with them let kojima make a silent hill game and maybe in return he will consult for you on making another metal gear game something like that and i think yeah. that could be a best case scenario for all parties involved and the people that are going to benefit the most are us the gamers that get to play these games absolutely uh and it it'd be you know worth mentioning here although it's probably not true there was that whole thing that happened with blue box games uh you know it was the biggest thing in the news and gaming there was a company named Blue Box Games that was making a horror game. They kept teasing that it was Silent Hill, that Kojima was involved, and then they shut down all, you know, acknowledgement of that. You know, that might not be true. Blue Box might not be involved in any way. Right. But that certainly was a huge news thing that had people literally spamming Kojima and Konami on Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, there's definitely something there. Um Another detail that I, I think we didn't write down here that I should bring up is there's two, actually. Uh, the composer for Silent Hill said in the summer, early summer of this year, stay tuned. There's going to be news coming soon. Uh, and then that interview with that quote got taken down by Konami. Uh, they didn't mm. want anyone to know that that was said. And then on top of all of that, Death Stranding director's cut just came out, Josh, and in it, Kojima added several more jump scares uh, when you are in Sam's room. Uh, one of them, very much a PT teaser. Uh, so there's that. You know what would be wild? What's that? If this is true, and they reannounce it by relaunching PT. Yeah, that'd be pretty fucking slick. No big fanfare, no press release pt is just back on the store everybody that has it can download it again or whatever and there's just no other mention of it for a long time like pt just like a, you'll see on like a website like pt randomly shows back up on playstation network or something yep. like yeah mm -hmm. now um, here's here's a hot take real quick yep. do you think it's possible that everything that happened with blue box pushed back the possible announcement of silent hills Hmm. It's possible if it if that's truly not related and it's really just you know Hassan Karaman or whatever being I don't know stupid um, and win way over his head. Then yeah, I I could see that you know they might want to let this die down, let that die down a little bit before they announce anything. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Do they really care? I don't know. Abandoned did make headlines, you know. It was huge. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, possible. 
Okay. Let's hear the counterpoints. I'm excited so, to hear so, what they got to say. Yeah, so the counterpoint, Xbox era's Nick Baker <clears throat> stated that Kojima isn't working on a Silent Hill game and is instead working on an existing IP with Xbox. This has been I've rumored. heard that. This has been rumored in the past, yeah. yeah. Baker also stated that he'd been aware of Metal Gear Solid remake since May 2020, corroborating another Konami-related report. Another Sony insider, Millie A, dismissed Gamatsu's report on Twitter as well. Uh, I don't need to read this next part, but... um. So this has been rumored, right? And here, while I don't discount these uh, arguments, leaks, whatever, report, whatever you want to say, I think they could both be true. I think that Kojima Productions could have multiple teams working now. And I, yeah. think, I think Kojima is more than capable of directing multiple projects at once. Um, and I think they could have a team working on some sort of Sony ip right presumably death stranding 2 or some other kind of sony first party thing they could have a team working on silent hill they could have a team working on xbox stuff so or kojima is directing a game for xbox but it's not actually being developed by kojima productions there's a lot of things here that i think could all be true at the same time and that different people are hearing different things but that doesn't necessarily discount what other people are hearing and Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if all of these things were true at the same time. Yeah, I mean, there's also the fact that Bloober was acquired by Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Bloober being mm-hmm. rumored to work on a Silent Hill game as well. So, yeah, you know, maybe Sony isn't actually involved in that at all, and it is Xbox uh, and Bloober. Yeah, maybe know? Xbox is the intermediary. Or maybe that's the confusing part that's making everybody confused is there is an Xbox game Silent Hill being made by Bloober and there is a PlayStation Silent Hill game being made by Kojima. There has been the rumor has been that there's two. Yeah. So the prominent Japanese developer and then another one supposedly being made by Bloomer. Bloober, not Bloomer, not Brandon Bloomer. No. Um, so, yeah, interesting. I, I'm just hoping that somebody's making a Silent Hill game somewhere. I hope it's Kojima. And I, ho- I really do hope it's Kojima. Uh, and I think if Konami is smart and they want to be this prominent game developer again, yeah, you make Castlevania. Yeah, you make Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, you have Kojima direct Silent Hills. Yep, I agree. All right, well, let's move on to another rumor. <laughs> another this, remaster. This is the rumor, rumor show. Yeah. So this one's pretty big and, and a little more substantial. And in my opinion, I think that this is more likely than everything that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. So big news, Bluepoint acquired by Sony. We've known for months. They accidentally put the graphic out on Twitter. Uh, But now we know it is official. Bluepoint being the developer that remakes classic games like Shadow of the Colossus, Demon's Souls uh, for Sony. But now, now, Josh, there is rumors that Bluepoint is working on a remaster or remake of bloodborne that's right it's kind of weird bloodborne's a ps4 game didn't come out too long ago uh but josh as you know bloodborne is a game that does not run the best no good the frame rate is quite poop in certain areas of the game very bad uh while the visuals are beautiful Mm -hmm. quite very beautiful if i may add Mm -hmm. the graphics are not very good as well so this is something that a lot of people want. They want a PS5 update for Bloodborne. And I've been told and I've read that just the way Blood, Bloodborne was built, it's not going to be an easy task. Yeah. So does that mean that they're going to remake it completely from the ground up? I don't know. Let's talk about uh, the Blue Point acquisition real quick. I have some points I want to talk about there. Um so the Blue Point president, Marco Thrush, was interviewed about the acquisition, and he said, it finally gives us the ability to work on original content, which is what we are actually currently doing. Uh, there is no other party we would want to partner with. It's kind of like Sony is, has, and always will be the perfect partner. Uh, acquired for an undisclosed amount, Texas-based Blue Point Games, with about 70 employees, mm-hmm. has been creating games for the PlayStation platform for 15 years. Right. Sony's latest acquisition follows the company's recent trend of acquiring studios that have worked almost exclusively with PlayStation already. So two points there I want to I want to hang on. Number one, they're working on original content right now. And two, 
They have 70 employees working for them. Mm -hmm. Josh, is 70 employees enough to run multiple projects at once? I think probably. Um, and especially in their case where, you know, basing this off of the documentary series that, um, what do you call it? No clip no did clip. with them. They spend a lot of time in the R&D phase as in getting the old code, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. And I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, they did it with they did um, Demon Souls with a team of about 30 or less. There so uh, I think they probably could do multiple projects. Now, where that maybe gets hairy is the fact that I know they want to develop their own games. Like they want to create yeah. their own games from the ground up. So maybe they have two teams and maybe one of them is working on a remake for sony which would i would think would be bloodborne would be the logical choice and maybe one's developing their own brand new ip um at the same time i think that's totally plausible i think 70 people is probably enough to do that um especially if you're going to focus on releasing one first for another and then shift team members to the other project which happens yeah. all the time um, especially in Sony uh, or PlayStation's first-party studio. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a certain definite possibility. Yeah, and then I have another point here that I would like to to make, and it's probably the main reason now I'm believing this is as a truth. Uh, gaming personality and podcast host Colin Moriarty, formerly of Kind of Funny uh, and IGN, tweeted out just last week, I'm hearing through the grapevine that Bluepoint may be on a journey to Yarnum, which if you don't know, Yarnum is the location of Bloodborne. Right. And Colin has a lot of industry insider friends. Uh, he used to have a lot more when he was with Kind of Funny. Uh, unfortunately, a lot, of, a lot of those relationships were a little burnt out afterwards. Um, but yeah, I would believe that they that he has a contact at Bluepoint or Sony and they know something. So absolutely makes sense to me. My thing is, Josh, I I wanted a Blue Point Metal Gear remake. Um, I think that Blue Point does a really good job of like taking games that look like poop and making them look beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think that Metal Gear could definitely use it a lot more than Bloodborne. Mm -hmm. However, we need this Bloodborne. <laughs> we need it. Yeah, so. it's like the last prominent kind of first party title that hasn't had recent, at least that hasn't had some sort of update or upgrade for ps5 and that's because like we mentioned earlier i don't think it's possible no. uh given the the infrastructure of the code and stuff like that so it makes sense it would sell really well i think they should do it i think they need to do it and playstation they are a first party studio now so why would playstation have them working on something that's not a first party game absolutely that's all I got. Hopefully this uh, comes to fruition. Hopefully, you know, the Silent Hill thing does. Hopefully the Bloodborne thing does. Um, I'm looking forward to the future of gaming. It's a good time to be a gamer. I'm really excited. Heck yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about our last main topic here, Josh. It's a little different than usual. It's going to be more of a discussion. Uh, we're going to talk about the Clubhouse Horror Anthology script competition that you and I both entered. Yes, we did indeed enter that something a little different for us uh you do have a background in uh stage and theater correct yep i uh, have I, um i've been uh i've directed musicals and theater productions for almost a decade now since i was very young up until very recently so yeah uh you and i both have little to no you know experience with writing stories uh when we were younger we like to make little you know ideas and concepts and we always had cool ideas for stuff that kind of never came to fruition uh we did make a short film for one of my classes in college that was a cool concept execution could have been a little better yeah uh but nonetheless you know we've always been kind of intrigued by writing yeah writing and making stuff and i mean we have our channel and we have skits on our channel and we've done other stuff for our channel that maybe isn't quote-unquote film but it's expressive it's creative you know um so yeah. we, we've always done it we've always dabbled in it we've always been interested in it and we've always wanted to do something uh, larger i think with that yeah absolutely so when the initiative came uh for those that don't know what clubhouse is it's an app where you basically join a room and and talk to a bunch of people uh on your mic so it's kind of like video chat it, well it's kind of like just regular 
chatting, like phone call chatting. Uh, there's no video. It's all voice. Uh, but there's a lot of cool rooms on there and a lot of cool spaces where you can talk about different topics. And the creator of or the is he the cre- he's the director or the the writer. He's the writer of Host, which is now apparently the scariest film of all time. Uh, he actually was one of the hosts of this Clubhouse Horror Anthology project. And Josh, you found it through his Twitter and you presented it to me. So you and I both wrote scripts for this this competition. We did. We didn't win. We didn't even get into the quarterfinals. But I just I just want to talk about it. It took a you know a lot out of us. We we made some we made I made one script with your help. You made two, right? Uh yeah, but I only submitted one because the rules were that even if you were, you know, co with somebody else on something, you could only submit two. So gotcha. I only submitted mine and yours. Yeah, so I just I kind of wanted to just, you know, briefly talk about that whole process uh because it's different it's it was i was out of my element for Mm -hmm. sure it was something that i'm not used to uh getting my ideas down on paper but uh, i think we made some really cool stuff so why don't you kind of give a a brief synopsis of of your story that you came up with yeah so uh, i mean first of all before i do that i i'm not mad or upset that we didn't get in that's not what this topic is about i don't think um it sucks uh because of how much effort we put into it but you know it it is what it is shit happens there's plenty of other creative people out there um but this is a realm that we've been in for a long time as we mentioned um and i haven't written screenplays before but i've written treatments for shows i've directed you know altering scripts and things like that to fit certain things um if you have the licenses and stuff for that but this was definitely out of um, our comfort zone but when i wrote it the first draft of that script is completely different than what the final one was yeah um like vastly different so for the one that i submitted um ended up being called dinner with domovic which is about a ukrainian folktale about this basically a member of your family who is past and is tied to the house that you live in with your family and if you treat your family poorly then this thing comes out and is supposed to haunt you Uh, and in my version of the script it kills your family members that are arguing um (laughs) and basically it has has three characters in it. it has a son a daughter and a mom um there is some tension between the mom and the son, uh, which is you know displayed in the script uh, and causes kind of this argument and this tension to happen. Uh, they have dinner. Uh, the argument breaks out over dinner because the son doesn't want to sit and have dinner with the family, among other reasons. And then basically the daughter notices this thing looming, which is the creature, the Domovic, and then... Um, when the daughter realizes it and notices it, she tries to warn her family members, but it's too late. And basically this thing kills her family members and she watches it. And then that's it. So, yeah, no, it, it definitely did change a lot from, from the initial draft to what you finally submitted. It's almost like you had it and you were really proud of it. And then you kind of sat on it for a little bit. And then like the day before it was due, you were like, yeah, it's, it's completely different. And it's, it's, better and i was like holy shit you kind of went into like this mode where you i i've never seen you do that before so like it was it was really interesting to see like how you turned it into what it was into what the final product was so yeah um, it was yeah, fun. And i really liked it i it really liked fun. that story a lot so. yeah and it you know it's the good thing is that uh a i mean i don't know how many actual drafts there was but there was at least over 20 drafts of that script like like there was i rewrote it not fully but you know, edited it several times. Um, and it got me writing other things. So I have written several other scripts since then um, and have had a lot of ideas. Uh, and I used to, but now I am again, like writing my ideas down as we have them. And I would really like to make, I mean, a lot of these things that we have discussed and talked about and ideas that we have had together for, I mean, years decades over a decade yeah. like th- we have these stories that we want to tell we were hoping that this was going to be a path to it and maybe it is in the sense that okay we get some experience writing 
we gave feedback. We went back and forth with each other. We got feedback from industry people. We've looked at some stuff. Let's write something now and let's just go shoot it and do it ourselves. So, yeah, absolutely. That's the thing is like, uh, am I disappointed we didn't win? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bummed that we didn't win. Uh, I'm pretty bummed that you didn't win specifically because um, I know you worked really hard on yours and, and my script. Um, but if we didn't try, we wouldn't have known what we could do. We wouldn't have known what's possible. Um, I learned a lot from reading what you did with your script and what you did with my script. And um, it's possible now. It's it's something that we could do. So yeah, I, I definitely think it lit a fire. And it takes a listen, this isn't easy. It's, it's not easy. And even if you have the idea, the premise of what you want to do, it isn't easy to write it out as a script for or a screenplay for a, a motion picture or whatever. Yeah. And uh, these are shorts. We're talking about like less than 10 pages. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. I had this, I had an idea and I, I wrote the idea down and I was sitting there with Josh and it was kind of like, so yeah, here's my idea. And Josh was like, well then what happens next? And I'm like, I don't know what happens next. And we really had to mull it over and, and talk about it and, and talk about, you know, what happens to this character and, and even had to create moments and scenes that were never even in my original idea just to, you know, bring the anticipate anticipation, uh, forward, bring the story forward. Yeah. Um, and so. I think, I think your script is probably a better example of how to set up a horror punchline. Mm. So, why don't, let's well, let's talk about your script for a little bit, right? Because yeah. one of the things that we talked about, right, was that when you, horror is like comedy, right, where you are setting up a punchline, basically. Now, it's very different what the end goal is uh, for horror versus comedy, but I think your script displays that perfectly, and you had a really awesome, fantastic idea that we then had to talk about and develop moments, and you had to figure out, okay, what are some beats to lead up to this reveal and this idea and how do we convey that very quickly in a very short amount of time yeah absolutely and i think that after we were even complete with well not complete but after we finished that final version of the script um i like read it to my fiance and her thing was like it wasn't really scary and i'm like well it, it all leads up to the one thing and that is the thing that is scary right. and it's a very visual thing. So it's hard to convey that, but also I wasn't, I didn't want the whole thing to be scary. Really. I wanted it to be, you know, I wanted you to be like, what is happening here? I wanted you to question it. And then I wanted that final reveal at the end to be so impactful because it's literally the only thing that really does happen. You know? But that's, but that's more interesting than something that would be constantly jump scares. First of all, yeah, exactly. Neither, neither of us had to write jump scares. I don't know how to write them, and I don't want to write them. Um, second of all, the horror right is the reveal of the thing that is unknown. But exactly, even even in your case, when it is revealed, it's still unknown, which is like mm -hmm. what the fuck, and that is what is scary about it. Yeah. Not so much like the in your face roar stuff whatever yeah basic synopsis for mine is um so basically i had a i had a dream one night and that's it's really cliche to say that but like a lot of my uh ideas for horror films come from like nightmares or dreams that i have and i will take that and and morph it into something that makes a little more sense as you know dreams are kind of out there and all over the place right so basically the idea that i ended up with in the end after my dream and, and thinking about it is there's this guy and he's walking down the street and there's puddles, or I'm sorry, droplets that keep falling from the sky. And he's walking and they keep coming down more and more and more and more as he's walking. And eventually he realizes that the droplets are only landing on his path where he's walking. So when he looks to the left and right, there's no droplets. It's only like his path that he's walking on. And at the end, he looks up into the sky and there is a unimaginable being from another world looking up at him, salivating. Uh, looking down on him salivating uh, and it's actually his, it's saliva that is dripping it's not rain it's it's not hail it, it's snow it's it's saliva uh and this thing presumably eats him right that was the original idea right we morphed it and changed it uh it starts off in his bedroom he's uh, we gave him like a streamer persona like us um but he's like a real douchey 
douchebag streamer mm -hmm. that likes to play video games and he gets a viewer he, he plays all night without a single viewer and then all of a sudden you see his little view count go up by one he becomes obsessed he goes to school uh he goes uh, on the bus he goes to school he is just streaming his whole day because he's obsessed with this one viewer uh, and all throughout the day, you'll see these drops that land on the window, on the bleachers where he's sitting. Um, and he doesn't understand what that means. He's not even noticing those drips, right? He is only focusing on this one viewer that is watching his content. And at the end, he's walking home from school and the rain is pouring on him at this point. Uh, and he's still just focusing on his phone. And finally, uh, he gets a little chat message from his his stream chat and it's like a little emoji that tells him to like look up so he looks up and that's when he sees this creature uh and the one viewer was actually this creature the whole time so yeah yeah that's uh that's what we, we came up with for it and i was really proud of it i i couldn't have done it without your help obviously you took just ideas and beats and turned it into a script which now that i know how you do that I can kind of do that moving forward, I hope. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I was I was really proud of both of the scripts that we came up with. Me too. And I think the, like, I guess summarizing it, right? It was a great opportunity. It was something good that got us thinking and actually writing, which we've talked about for such a long time, but haven't really for one reason or another or whatever. And, you know, our creative outlet is this channel a lot, even though it's very different realm like it is. And I treat it as that. And I experiment with things and like, I know how to edit and use Photoshop and like all these other things that I wouldn't have known how to do if I didn't do this channel. And mm -hmm. a big part of that for me is the editing, right? It's like, I love editing. And the only reason I can edit is because we did so much shit. Like really just garbage is on our channel. Like from the past, look at where it is now compared to it. But even compared to that, I think what it showed me was that you and I are a very, very good writing team. Our brains work very differently. Mine, I will get really tied up in the very, very tiny, small details. That's right. You are great at big picture stuff and beats. And the fact that we were able to succinctly work together very quickly i mean we had a deadline so we had to kind of move quick but where you had ideas i could articulate those ideas very specifically and then we could kind of parse that down i think it showed me that we are very good at writing together which we really we have done and we haven't done you know we've you know if that makes sense in our life yeah so i think ultimately that's what i want to take away from it and i want to change it into something else and i would love to make these scripts or other scripts um some are easier than others we have other ideas that we have talked about for years that i know we would love to do we have things that we've done in the past that i know we want to redo um yes <laughs> so uh i would hopefully you know we can we get around to that uh and you know we'll, we'll do something and it'll go somewhere and this will be yeah. the catalyst for it Absolutely. So thank you again. Cause I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. So thank you. We did it. I wouldn't have known about it if you didn't find out about host, if you didn't follow Jed Shepard and interact with him on Twitter. And yeah. so, you know, yeah. Kevin Hall in chat says, Dan, they both sound really good guys. Thank you, dude. Appreciate that. We'll have to send you a copy of both of the scripts so you can actually get the full experience of, of yeah. both of them. Copyright 2021 haptic productions. Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. All right, shall we move on to our final topic of the day? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, and what is that topic called, HBOT? Indie Intel. That's right. So, Brett, this week we are talking about Neko Ghost Jump. We talked about it last week very briefly, uh, talking about Burgo, or Victor Burgos from Burgos Games, um, yep. and we reported on that. We're not going to talk about that from last week because we want this to be a positive segment for him, but Indie Intel... Neko Ghost Jump from Burgos Games. Okay, so first of all, let me give you a little flavor text, Brett. Please ne do. Neko Ghost Jump is a cute but challenging puzzle platformer where you not only switch between 2D and 3D camera perspectives, but also between your physical and ghost forms to solve puzzles, combat, combat enemies, and clear levels. 
faster. Take control of Nekoman as he runs, jumps, and fights his way through various environments to find his friends and loved ones that have been taken away by the space dog pirates. Wow, that's a lot going on. It is. So, first of all, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I like I'm, the idea of switching between 3D and 2D perspective in a platformer. That's really cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, again, this is, comes from Burgos Games, um, which is based in Beaufort, SC, South Carolina, right? Yeah. Which I was just in yesterday. <laughs> Two days there ago. There you go. Uh, I was there this past weekend. I went to Coastal Carolina um to visit some students and stuff that are in their theater program there but um yeah so burgos game is based in beaufort south carolina i don't really know where that is it features 2d and 3d camera perspectives switching between physical and ghost forms uh each biome contains unique enemies and bosses each level contains a leaderboard for competitive people um for speed runs and stuff like that you can deck out your main character with hundreds of customization options yeah i just saw that in the trailer yeah, and something I didn't know is that it had a successful Kickstarter last nice. year, which we missed, I guess, or didn't see. Um, yeah. Oh, what's going on? Why did that open over here? Come on now. Um, so Come yeah, on now. Uh, on their Kickstarter, it looks like they made $20,000 of a $15,000 goal. Excellent. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm watching some gameplay now to refresh myself uh, from the story from last week. And, you know, it looks really cool. I like the idea of switching between, like, real life and the ghost world or whatever. That's something that has been explored kind of more recently in games where you can flip back and forth between different worlds to see different enemies, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's really cool. And also the 2D, 3D switch is, like, really unique. Um, now, this isn't the type of game that I don't think I would usually play. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that I would usually play this, but... It's got something. It's there's something to it. It has a charm. Like I feel like it's not just like this empty void of a game, um, of an indie game. Like I feel like it has some charm to it. You know? Yeah, I agree. So just one other thing of note: it was a uh, Epic Mega Grant recipient, um, which I believe is just uh, a way to kind of garner money uh, based off of uh, you know for indie games uh, based off of some sort yeah. of showing. So. This game's been in development for a while. Um, I think that's Victor behind us. It is. There he is. What's up, Victor? Um, so, yeah. You have anything else you want to say about this game, Brett? Uh, go ahead. Aside from all of the all of the drama that's been surrounding um, the developer, I don't want to say like I don't want to make it sound like he's the one causing the drama, but uh, he's been experiencing some hardship. And besides that, I think the game looks really cool. I like the customization a lot. That's probably one of my favorite parts is being able to customize the character's appearance. Mm -hmm. um, I just, you know, there's boss battles and stuff. It, it looks really cool, and it, I'm really happy to see that I got funded. Usually we would say, go support this game. Go, you know, mm -hmm. check it out on Kickstarter. But you don't need to do that in this case. Uh, yeah. I would say go on Steam and see if there's a page for it. There is. is there? There's a Steam and an Epic page to wishlist it. And then, of course, obviously follow Victor and Burgos Games on Twitter. Yeah, I would say do that. And uh, he needs it. He needs the support right now. Victor uh, is going through a lot and a lot of BS that he's been dealing with. So go check it out. Hell yeah. Neko Ghost Jump, folks. Check it out. Well, episode 50. I mean, this one feels like a long one. I feel like we went on for a while. Did we? Not really. Not necessarily. How long? A little over an hour. That's not bad. No, but we had, a, we had a little, something a little different to talk about this week, though. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, what else do you want to add, Brett, before we go ahead and, and wrap up here? Um, I don't know. I I, I want to, you know, once again, plug. We have new merch on our, on our store, uh, specifically exclusive stuff for October and Halloween. Mm -hmm. So go check those out. Link is in our description. Uh, I also want to talk about, again, you have your long form video that you were writing. If you mm -hmm. have not seen Josh's Days Gone video, uh, it's a really cool documentary style video where he you know, wrote a script. Which we'll flash back to uh, our previous topic there. Mm -hmm. uh, he wrote a script and it was beautiful and the editing is beautiful and the you know graphics and the visuals and the songs, everything is beautiful. So please go check that out. He's working on another one. Uh, Alan Wake is the tease that you put out on Twitter. Mm -hmm. 
And then finally, um, where are we right now? We're in the main the main set. Someone order strippers? Damn. Well, I don't know where we are, but um now there's people knocking on my door and shit. Oh, someone's house is on fire outside HQ. Dang. I'll be on one second. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to shout out. I was going to say, where are we? Because behind me, we We're have HQ. The, yeah, yeah. We have the AEW World uh, Championship. Yeah, right above championship, your head. Right above my head. Josh, uh, we are going to be attending a All Elite Wrestling AEW live show tomorrow night. That's correct. So we are five rows from the ring. It's going to be a fantastic right. night. Two years in the making. We bought these tickets like literally two years ago literally um so we're really excited for that and maybe we will be posting some some pictures of that so yeah for sure well brett normally i know we would do our intro but outro yes that's what i meant but why don't we let hbot wrap it up go ahead hbot tell us tell us what you got well that will do it for this episode of hapticast thank you for watching please follow subscribe and share haptic intel i could use the help I could be shut down. You know they threatened to kill. Well, okay, that's that's enough about that. Uh, thank you everybody for watching. Make sure you do all the YouTube stuff, like, comment, subscribe, follow, do all that. Give it buyer merchants and do all that stuff. And um, goodbye.